I checked off all the boxes. I had built a booming business. I had a calendar full of 40 plus sales calls lined up, tons of coaching sessions. I had built my dream team, finally making 80K plus per month, yet I was still so unhappy. I sat across my fiance one night over dinner, struggling to keep a smile on my face. I still felt like that girl who started her business with $100 in my account. I was so frustrated because I pushed myself to have it all thinking I'd be happy. And even though I had all the things and I checked off all the boxes, doing everything that I was supposed to, I was still chasing more and it never felt like it was enough. So I reset my entire business and now our normal is consistent sales while I get to live my best life, having a cozy cup of matcha with my amazing pup Joey and my gorgeous fiance and this gets to be our normal. And this podcast will take you behind the scenes to it all. Welcome to episode number one. I am so excited to kick off this podcast and I wanted to take you behind the scenes for episode one and two on my story. And of course, throughout the next couple episodes and next hundred million bajillion episodes, you'll learn more about me and my story and all the things. But in this specific episode, I wanted to talk about leaving the nine to five grind and how you can do the same as well. When I first started, um, my last role really in, in the corporate world is what got me here and what got me out of the nine to five prison that we are so taught throughout all of our years to look up to. You know, you go to school and the intention out of school is like, I want a nine to five. I want a stable job. I want to be somewhere where I'm given a paycheck and you don't see this as being a slave to a company. And really this last position is, you know, I'm so grateful, but at the same side, so brokenhearted that I went through this experience, but I wouldn't have done it any other way, obviously knowing where I am now. So blast into this into the past, you know, years and years and years ago, um, this was my last corporate experience where I saw a posting on Indeed while I was in the car and I remember reading the posting. It was for a massive retailer here in Canada. And if I say the name, it's so searchable, like it'll be the first thing that comes up. So obviously I'm trying to avoid giving any details that are too similar because I want to honor that um, integrity and, and, you know, put a boundary around that. But I saw this company and I was like, oh my gosh, this is a massive stepping stone. The role was for marketing manager and this was just an absolute dream for me, especially being someone who just completed university, did a couple years under my belt in the sales and marketing world, went into design, graphic design, into communications, like really was dabbling in this whole world. Now, little did I know on that first interview, I just remember something feeling off and I couldn't pinpoint what pinpoint what it was, but just something fell off to me. So I decided to, you know, it was just an inkling, but I was like, it's okay. It's a big company. You're just probably nervous. Like, don't worry about it. Like, let's do it. He gave me an assignment and I completed the assignment, was then offered the position. I, of course, was all giddy, was so excited, but a part of me, like I would say 1% of me felt something that was like, no. And I couldn't, I couldn't understand it. I was like, but why? Like this company is huge. This position is literally, it screams you like all of it was just so good. So 
I decided to push that 1% away and move forward. And, and obviously knowing all the things that have brought me to this point, I wouldn't have done it any other way. As I start the first month, I remember at the end of the month, someone walking up to me, um, one of my coworkers. So the way it was split up was I had my boss's desk, who was in this big, beautiful glass window. And he had, it was a very like 80s style golf, um, you know, those like bosses on TV that have like a little golf thing in their office, super masculine, super, did you get your work done on time? Like that, that was the aesthetic that he really screamed. Beside him, I had, um, you know, it was the developer's desk and then was my desk. So it was really three main people in the e-commerce division. Then as you walk a couple corridors down, then you head over into the warehouse where people would ship anything that they would purchase from the e-com store. And then completely across, almost segmented entirely from us, was the actual retail division. So that had maybe like a couple hundred people that worked there. It was massive, massive, massive. And this was their head office. But e-commerce being really relatively new at the time, you know, there weren't a lot of people that were involved. So I remember... You know, this coworker of mine, as she walked from warehouse and came to see me, let's just call her Sarah for the purpose of this episode. Sarah came to see me and she's like, I am so shocked that you're still here. And I'm like, what do you mean? And she says, I kid you not, Mary, after the one month mark, no one has kept this position for marketing. And I was a little shocked, but not because already up until this point, my gut feeling went from that 1% to maybe like 10% into month one. Just understanding that this was the worst, nastiest boss I've ever worked for. That's just my thought process, but I didn't really think anything of it. That was really my training period. So then, since then, I started to actually get into work. I started to do photography for the brand, for e-com. I started to do the graphics, the web stuff, the email promotion writing copy for it, just like creation of all the things. Um, Actually, some of the photography we shot for e-com ended up in the stores, which was crazy to see from far west coast to east coast across the country, my photography displayed. So it was so exciting for me being this new, you know, just completing your undergrad um, in, in university, getting into the workforce. Like I've done obviously some other jobs before this, but like this was a big, big deal. So as I came into this company, one of the biggest things that I started to realize was we had a ping pong table, very Silicon Valley, where the developer and my boss would play together here and there. And I would try and jump in and say, hey, can I play? And no one would want to play with me. And it was just very awkward, especially my boss. Um, As we started conversations, I started to day by day, literally lose myself. I started to, and I might get emotional in this episode, but I started to completely feel worthless. As we were doing one of the photography shoots, and this is how it really started, was I was doing some of the photography and he walked in and was like, you are still on outfit number two that you're shooting. Why is this taking so long? I thought you'd be done all 30 outfits by now. And he started getting really frustrated every single day. These were, there were like snarky little comments that would happen. And whenever anything happened to me, it was such a big deal. And I remember him booking a model for one of our shoots and the model didn't 
come in because it was the wrong date that he sent via email. And he said, oh, sorry, my mistake. And he's like, shit, that's going to cost the company a lot of money. But he took it as like his responsibility. And it wasn't a big deal when he made a mistake. But if I made a mistake and I remember there were, you know, we're human, you are going to make mistakes. Every little mistake I made was like the world is coming crashing down. And he started to say, and it was really the comments that got to me, things that he said that were like, like, have you never used a spreadsheet before? How long have you done this? Why are you taking so long? Put your glasses on. You can't see anything. Like, it would just be really stupid comments like this. And every single day, I was so, so belittled. And I got to the point where, you know, four months in, my family and friends over this whole period, I mean, they were obviously supportive. They saw that this was a really high role and wanted me to stay within this because it would obviously look good on my resume. Having this company name is huge, huge, huge. It's like if you saw you know, CEO of Apple and you work alongside them, you're like, oh my God, like that is a night and day that will take you anywhere if that's on your resume. So they were like, keep the role. Like, I know it's hard, but stay in it. And although it was a nine to five grind, it really was like a 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. grind. And I was never appreciated for anything that I did. I was never told that things were good. If they were good, then it was like, okay, at least you're not going to be belittled for 10 seconds. (laughs) And that's all it was. So there came a point where I was just so sick and tired. And with all the worthiness issues and the things that came up, I was like, I just can't do this anymore. I need to get out of here. So I remember walking in and I'm like, okay, I'm going to write my resignation. I had to prep it over the weekend. So I'm prepping my resignation. I'm showing it to my sister. I showed it to my mom to get feedback. I'm like, does this look good? I had to Google what a resignation letter even looked like because I've never written one. Uh, Up until this point, I wrote it all up. And then I was sitting there on the bus and then the train and then commuting all all, all the way to work. I walk by his desk and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it now. I had it all ready. I'm like, I'm going to press send on my email, but let me just check. Let me make sure that he's in in a a decent mood. So I walk over by his desk. I walk back to my desk. I walk to the bathroom because of course I needed a bathroom break. Walk back to my desk. Of course, now I need a drinking break. And I did this and I tried to stall myself for like 10 to 20 minutes. I kid you not of like, you've got this, you've got this. I'm trying to like boost my confidence up because up until this point, his office has never been a safe space. The last time I walked in there, the last couple times, I would hear a bang on the desk like this. He, it felt so childish. If I made a mistake, it was like his fists came up on the desks, uh, seriously. And like he would bang on the desk and go, oh my gosh, you aggravate me so, like, why is this taking so long? Like, I'm telling you, this was the mannerism that I was putting up with with four months. So it was, although four months sounds so short, every day to me literally felt like it was 10 years and I could not wait to get home to then commute for two hours to come home, to then commute two hours back, you know, be home by midnight, come back the next morning, wake up super early. Like, it was just, I couldn't, mentally couldn't deal with this any longer so I got the courage walked into his desk and I said hi I just want to let you know I'm resigning and I just sent my email and he said all right and I could see the frustration behind his eyes I could see that 
the energy that he was always giving off was he always wanted to up one up me. So in that moment, he kind of looked at me and I could see he was so freaking pissed. I could see the fire blazing in his eyes and that okay was a complete suppression of his emotion. So I walked back to my desk and I'm like, okay, 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 you're okay, you're okay, you got this, you just did it, you've got this. So I walk back over to my desk and I feel the sense of release, relief, but fear. And we were heading over into like a new week. I needed to finish editing some of the photos before I left. I, it was a two weeks notice that I gave them. So because we we're leading into the weekend, I was like, oh gosh, I have no time. I need to complete some of these photos still. So um, he was going to be away for three or four days during that week. So really the next time I was going to see him was after the weekend. So I decided to take the flash disk and USB and all the things home so I can complete this, although technically it's not really allowed, but I knew that I needed to finish this. Like I had to get this done. So I called in sick for the Monday, um, knowing that I can't come in because I actually would be sick if the work wasn't done. Like he would just make me feel horrible. So I come in on Tuesday and I get off the bus as usual. I walk up the stairs, I have my key ready in hand, I'm unlocking the door, walking up to my desk, and I see him in his office and he says, come here for a moment, I want to talk to you. And I look over at my desk and I can see it in the far distance. And there is nothing, it looks like it's been cleared. At this point, I have no idea what's going on. Naive of me, I know. Nothing on the desk, my laptop is all closed off, my... Things are all put away, and here I am with my parka in the middle of winter, like trekking through snow after just jumping off this bus, walking 10 minutes, freezing, and all bundled, like literally like a Michelin man walking through, and I see nothing there. So I quickly go and I toss the USB on the desk and all the disks and all the things just so I, you know, didn't have the property still on hand. But all the things that I printed out, the beautiful workbooks that I created, the beautiful banners and the graphics and the beautiful uh, photos that I took, just all of it was gone and I didn't know where it was. So here I am walking to his desk because he's asking to see me and I don't know where anything is. And he says, you can go, I don't need you anymore. And in that moment, I prayed in my head and I said, please, God, don't let me cry in this moment. Let me hold myself together and I will cry when I leave. But I don't want to cry in this moment. And I head over and he said, your stuff is over there. This is the first time I've ever really told this story. So he says, your stuff is over there. And he points in the corner of his office on the floor with a bag that looks like it's a bag of trash. And I bend down and I grab my stuff and I have my lunchbox and I have like a million things that I'm carrying. And I'm like, okay. And I just walk out. Okay, sounds good. And I didn't sound like I do right now telling this story. I held myself so much together. It's like, okay, well, I hope you have a good day. And I just left. I held my dignity and I crossed the street to the first Tim Hortons I saw and I bawled my eyes out. And 
I just didn't even know where to go. I was like, it is 8 a.m. in the morning. I am supposed to be working for the next two weeks and I have nowhere to go. And that was the breaking point where I realized I cannot be a slave ever again. I cannot literally in that situation, I actually felt like a slave to this person. And I've had some phenomenal, phenomenal corporate experiences. So I can't say, (laughs) I can't say that all are the same. But I left that office, sat in the Tim Hortons, bawled my eyes out. Out of nowhere, one of my friends called me and she was like, hey, so I just wanted to ask about like plans. I, I was thinking to hang out. I know I haven't seen you in a while. And she just hears me literally bawling my eyes out on the phone. And... That was the moment that I knew I needed to make a change. Whether you're in a misogynistic environment, a toxic environment, whether you have family members that are supportive or not, if you are somewhere in your life right now where you feel, you feel deep down like there is more purpose to this, to this life, like you have a calling, you have something so deep within you. I don't know why, but as I was exiting this office, I had a vision where I felt, I can't wait to be in the newspaper one day and stick a newspaper on this door of all the amazing successful things that I've done that you're gonna miss out on. And it was this like revenge, fire rage that was within me that then turned into sadness, that then turned into like, where do I go? Like. I was engulfed in emotion. But I'm here to say that no matter what circumstances you're in, that in no way, shape, or form determines where you're going. Putting my resignation was the simplest yet the hardest thing I've ever done because it was my, I am leaving, but also the, I am leaving. I am leaving the grind. I am leaving this prison. I am leaving this life completely behind. And I am creating my destiny. I am creating an environment where no one ever feels like this. I am creating an experience for people, for clients, for my team, for the world that will change forever. I thought I was going to record this as a two part. <laughs> episode on my story, but I think this might actually be a three-part series where in the next episode, I'll actually walk you through the start of my coaching business, how I got into investing in mentorship, like just starting this entire career and what that then led to. Over these episodes, you'll see how I've gone from zero dollars, less than a hundred dollars to my name, to my first hundred thousand dollar cash month and the process in between. As this episode wraps up, what I want you to really take from this is if you're in a place right now where you feel something is bigger, then join me in this revolution. Join join us. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Facebook. All the details to how you can find me are going to be in the show notes um, that you can find on our website and on all the pages. <laughs> um, but at marymorgan.biz, connect with me and... This is your calling to rise.